Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Robert Acosta speaking. I'm whatever you want to call me, but I assist Writers Retreat. The date is January 11, 2020, and a happy new new year to all of you. Our hostess is Deborah Kendrick. If you're interested in joining Writers Retreat, uh, write to Kendrick, K-E-N-D-R-I-C-K dot Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H at gmail dot com. The next voice you hear will be that of our hostess, Deborah Kendrick. I hear Abby and yes. is that was that Ann Chipetta I heard? Yes. Yeah. And Mary and and yes. And Ann Parsons. Hi, Ann. Sorry, yeah. I missed oh, well, you. I, that, that's okay. I started your meeting for you. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's why we both get paid the big bucks, right? Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's everybody, right? Yeah. I got it. Okay. Um, so, and I'm having... Boy, if you guys could see me. I'm having trouble multitasking. I sit um, in the wheelchair all the time these days because of a really boring problem that's going on since my surgery. And I can't sit anywhere else, and I can't remember where I put it. So, <laughs> You lost the wheelchair? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, because I can walk with a walker. But um, I, I, um, I sit in the wheelchair, and I, so I leave it in different rooms, and I'm walking all around my oh, face, oh and no. I can't can't find it. Well, anyway, that's okay. I can. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, just, I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, but it, it, you, know it what? you you need one of those tiles on your phone so you can just press it. Oh my god! Go beep beep beep. Yeah, I need yeah. one of those. I need one of those tiles on. Um, everything. My, wheel, my wheelchair, well, everything. my wheelchair. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so, but um, happily, Mary and I have talked about this. So there are a couple of things that we're doing for sure tonight. I just found it. I just found it. Hallelujah. Yay. Oh, Ooh. thank goodness. Okay. Yeah, because I really didn't want to have to stand up for the whole time. No. <laughs> no, that wouldn't be good. No. <laughs> that wasn't really warming my heart anyway um okay so uh mary and i are at least two that i know who have recently published new books so we were going to each talk about those for a few minutes and share a little bit um if i can find it i um have had a tiny little poem that will take about a minute to read if I can get get it that I wanted to share just because I've never written one like it. I wanted to see what you all think. And then um, if anybody else has something to share, we'll do that. And then Mary has prepared a writer's writing prompt for us, which I'm the most excited about because it's a secret. She didn't tell me. So, <laughs> so those are the best uh, kinds. Yeah. It's, not so, a, it's not a prompt for you to do. I don't get to do it. 
Why can't I do it? <laughs> you can uh, if you don't do what I did. Uh, but it's the prompt for my writers group, my in-person writers group that's meeting next Friday. And right. I thought, go ahead and write it. I wrote it yesterday, practiced okay. it today, and, uh, and I'll read it tonight and see. Uh, oh, Okay. If okay. Like. Oh, it's oh, it's a it's a something you wrote in response to a prompt. It's yeah. okay, Mary. Oh, okay. We, com- we completely didn't communicate. I thought you meant you were preparing a prompt for the group. Uh, prompt for the group. We, nope. That's okay. That's okay. We might want to do it, and we'll hear your response whether we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, uh-huh. Okay. Okay. So, um, I am still assembling my parts. <laughs> <laughs> Part. Yeah, well, you know, there was there was a Pete Seeger song. Does anybody know that song? Anyway, one are you referring to? Farts? Which one? It's called it's called Very Unfortunate Man. No, I don't think I've heard that one. No. Very unfortunate, very unfortunate, very unfortunate man. Anyway, all the verses are about all the things. He wakes up in the morning. I don't remember any of the words, just the gist. But he wakes up in the morning, and he puts on his wooden leg, and then he puts <laughs> uh-huh. and then he, then he puts on his hearing aids, and then he puts in his <laughs> glass eye or what? It's really gross. I don't know. But- <laughs> <laughs> we, have to get that. we have to play it. Yeah. Oh, and then there's something about he looks in the paper to see if he's already dead. That's one line. Oh, my God. <laughs> Deborah, and, you're yeah. you're far away again. Oh, okay. You're so, so far away. Doesn't anybody <laughs> stay in one place anymore? Thank <laughs> <laughs> so, you. Know, I, I have this long-held theory. There is a song for everything. Okay. So is that better? Yeah, well, you still yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah, that's better. I'm using two. Let's see, I'm using two devices, and I think. Um, oh, well, there. Okay. You're coming clear. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm coming through on the um. On the phone, not on my headset. I'm gonna let's see. Okay, okay. tolerate me one more minute, please. I oh, apologize. sure. Okay. All right. Not a problem. By the way, uh, Annie, I think you're overdriving. There we go. You might want to uh, move the mic just a yeah. Wanna, uh, yeah, away from your mouth because you're you're well. As they say in ham radio, okay. you're about twenty Can over you? nine. There you go. That's better. I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> oh. Okay, can you hear me now? Yep. Yes. yes. And, you're, okay. and you're much better. Okay. Yep. I turned my volume down. I turned my volume down. Yep. Through the hearing aids. Um, okay. All right. So you can hear me now, right? Yes. Yep. You're much, you're yep. much oh. oh, it just came into the headset. Okay. All right. So I'm going to hope that works. Um, okay. So with... I, gosh, all, all this fooling around. So, Mary, I know you. You're always organized and ready. So why don't you begin 
by telling us about your new book and sharing maybe a, a bit from it. Okay. Uh, let me skip off the speaker. Um, I have just published with DLD Books um, uh, my book called Insight Out, One Blind Woman's View of Her Life. Now, I know that a zillion people have written books about being blind and, you know, how they get get along in the world as a blind person. Um, And I'm not saying that mine is any better, but I think it's different. It it is not a chronological story of my life, but I devote each chapter to a different facet of my life. For instance, I devote one chapter to dancing. And it has always been my number one passion and how I started out as a dancer and then it, it, my um, my eye condition made it impossible for me to pursue a career in dance, but how I how I got dancing back into my life. So that's that's one chapter, not necessarily chapter one, but it is one chapter. Another chapter is all about cross country skiing, ski for light, and uh, the Ritterin. And I even have a part in there about. Uh, um, getting to ride on a dog sled at one of the Ski for Light events and and how exciting that was. Another chapter is on parenting and grandparenting and the feelings that I had. It's, it's, a lot of this book is about feelings and humor and uh, not just a how-to, although there is one chapter on how-to, and I think I titled that, How Do You Do It? And because that this is a chapter where I answer questions that people ask me all the time. How do you match your clothes and all of that? You all have, have done presentations about that, and you've written about that. And so this is my take on it. So... Uh, that's uh, about it. Is it like it's different? Well, there's a chapter on bicycling and a chapter on hiking, and I talk about the uh, various hen hikes that I've organized. And so we we just celebrated our 20th hike uh, last fall. So we're still going. We were much younger women when we started uh, the hen hike. So. Oh, somebody's clunking. Oh, sorry, uh, it's me. I was trying to turn my volume down in this thing, and I uh, I'm okay, uh, okay, doing uh, the wrong oh. wrong thing. It's the yeah. other button. So that was a joke. <laughs> it was what? Yeah. The other button. Yeah. Right. Well. Yeah. So, that, so this is my second book that I have self-published, and uh, what what else would you like to know? Did you name all the chapters? Is that all of them? Like, I named you? most of them. Um, okay. Let me hop over to my. I I have to go over to a different chair to get to my laptop, and that's it's all queued up, so I can I can 
backslash. Right bracket. Blank. Chapter one, the A word. Okay, chapter one is called the A word. <coughs> the A word is amazing. And everybody on this call has been accused of being amazing. And I go into detail about how I don't like for people to call me amazing. And so that's chapter one. Chapter two, shall we dance? Chapter two, shall we dance? And and I talked about that. Chapter three, sitting on the sidelines. Sitting on the sidelines is chapter three. And that is all about gym class. And how one of the stories that I I love to tell is how uh, dodgeball was just oh, my yeah. nemesis. Yeah. And no yeah. visually impaired person likes to play dodgeball. And mm-hmm. all little boys love to play dodgeball, especially if they know you can't see the ball coming. And so, I, you know, I've been hitting the face and hitting the nose and, all that sort of thing. And there was an article in the Columbus Dispatch about a game called Gaga. And it's basically dodgeball that they play in a pit. And the person that wrote about it said it's basically a bully pit. And I thought, amen to that. So I talk about that, and I do say amen to that. (laughs) If I can do this, I can do do anything, is about cross-country skiing. Takes two to tandem is all about bicycling. I I have a tandem bike, and and I organized rides for visually impaired folks in Columbus uh, for three years. And then I, uh, in the meantime, I joined a bike club, and did some very um, interesting and long-distance bicycling. The longest one was the El Tour de Tucson, which was 111 miles all in one day. And that was really an experience to write about. Chapter 6, the hen hike. And then the hen hike is a chapter. Chapter 7, public speaking. Public speaking is uh, another passion of mine, so I devote a chapter to that, and I talk about giving my talk to the ACB convention when it was in Columbus, and I talked about the hen hike and how much fun that was, and then about the entering contests and how I manage being a blind Toastmaster. Then chapter eight is college job and the real world. And I talk about going to college before there was any such thing as a students with disabilities office. Um, there was, there, there was no assistance whatsoever. And, um, that was, uh, quite a challenge. And I decided I would ever, ever go back to college for any reason whatsoever. And then on chapter nine is on being a blind parent. Chapter ten is from volunteer to career. And that's about how I volunteered at the radio reading service uh, as a talk show host. And then I became the director of volunteers and worked there for 22 and a half years. And, and then chapter 11 is partners in dignity. 
and that is all about each of my five seeing eye dogs. Chapter 12, how do you do it? And chapter 12 is how do you do it? And that's where I answer questions that people might have and some that they didn't know they wanted to know about. And, and I could have, have have titled that one, hmm, I never thought of that. And then chapter 13 is myths and misperceptions. And that is the last chapter other than the afterword. The, the myths and misperceptions are the crazy things that people believe uh, about blind people and uh, some some crazy things that people have said to me. And it, uh, I, believe me, it was a challenge to write this chapter without being critical and judgmental. It was just, I just tried to state the fact. Like this, for instance, this, this young lady saw my dog uh, at the Y, I, I tie her to the bench by the pool, and then I swim laps. And she said, is your dog blind? <laughs> and, so, and so I didn't say to her, you know, what a stupid thing to say, but I did say parenthetically, why would I bring a blind dog to the Y? <laughs> you know? So um, there's a lot of that kind of stuff in it, and I, I would, I would say again that you probably all have written about all these things, but you know, in a little different way. So that's the book, 300 and I think about 350 pages. Wow, I'm pretty thick because thinking, I'm pretty old. <laughs> I, yeah, I was thinking when when you, as you were getting to that last chapter, I thought. That's a lot of stuff. It's going to be a pretty long book. So. It is a pretty long book. Yeah. yeah. And I have a lot of uh, nice photos from the different different activities. Not every chapter has a photo, but one that I really like is, you know, I have a, a, a picture of me dancing with my ballroom dance teacher in a in a competition and it's a really good picture and my dress is all you know flowing out and then everything it's really it's really fun so yeah well it sounds so so tell people how they can get it so they can read the whole thing well it's uh, on kindle right now and uh it's in paperback for uh, pennies less than thirteen dollars, and then as because I can never remember if it's twelve ninety five or twelve ninety nine, just under thirteen dollars, and then the the uh, ebook is three ninety five or three ninety nine, whichever. And of course, with Kindle, you can uh, you can have the text to speech on that. And uh, <coughs> I have contacted NLS to get it uh, recorded on BARD, and that will happen eventually. Um, I have a technical, a technician question, I guess, more than a technical question. Uh-huh. As, someone, as, as someone who's never self-published, how do, those, um, how do those prices get assigned? Do you do that, or does Amazon do that? Or they, the kind of do Amazon that? does, and then you can, you can change them, but that's kind of what they recommend. 
So they maybe they do it on word count, page length, something like that, you think? Probably, probably. I never really did, questioned you, it. I just you, felt like, yeah, okay, whatever. You, the rest of you have done it, I think. Uh, does anybody else know how that? Um, yeah, that's that's about right. Usually three ninety nine or two ninety nine. Uh, I think it depends too on the length of the book. I think shorter books might be less, yeah. but that's usually the going rate. Okay. And I should yeah. add, uh, Mary, you forgot to mention your book is also available on Smashwords in various accessible formats. If you don't have Kindle, yeah. you can't read a paperback book. You can get it in PDF or TXT or EPUB or what have you. So just so people know okay. that. Okay. Can I, is, any, is, is it going to be on Bookshare? I haven't done that. I don't know if my first book ever made it. I know David sent it in. He formatted it and sent it in, but I don't know if it ever got done. So I well, they would have they would have notified him if it had because I know when I send yeah. mine in, they they send me an email when it's available, so you could ask him. Uh huh. Yeah, it kind of depends on how much work he has to do to um, to make that happen because yeah. it's already it's already available in so many different ways. I I hesitate to spend more money because well, already I've spent. Cost I've, no, it doesn't cost anything to be on Bookshare. You send it to Bookshare. You just you you fill out a form and you email it to them in an EPUB format. And no, you don't have to format it. Not no. If you have the EPUB format, because when I did the red dress in last time, because now they take books in EPUB format. So when I sent in the red dress, David had sent me the EPUB Smashwords edition, and so I just emailed that to Bookshare. And of course, since all my other books are up there, they didn't need a consent a consent form. All I had to do was send in the book. So, uh, but it doesn't cost anything. You just if you if you're submitting for the first time, you fill out a a, a letter of consent, uh, uh, and, and mail it, and then you just email them a copy of the book, or you can send them a hard copy if you want. But it's you know yeah. it doesn't cost anything to put it on Bookshare. This okay. is Annie. When I when I put my poetry book and follow your dog on Bookshare. I contacted um, somebody who was already a Bookshare scanner. Like they were, I guess, a patron, and they scanned books in for Bookshare, yeah. and that's how I did it. Oh, okay. Right. That's because how I too. did mine, too, but um, I understand you don't have to do that anymore. No, you don't oh, that's have to great. do that. You can just go right to their, their site. There's a, a page on there, a link that says contribute or donate Thank a book or something like that. that. Yeah. I can't remember exactly how it was done, but that's, yeah. And I, I asked that in large part because I'm so lazy because I, <laughs> I really am. It's a true story. Um, I mean, I'm lazy about some things. Anyway, you know, it's so much easier to read a Bookshare book than I read Kindle books. Oh, but every, every time I do, it's been so long since I read the last Kindle book, I have to figure out how to do it all over again, you know? Mm. So yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, what do you what do you guys use? You use the phone app or the Windows app or for Kindle? Phone, yeah. I have my a my A lady reads Kindle books. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Mm. I've done that too. I forgot about that. Mm. That's yeah. That, yeah. I could do that. That's what I'll do. That's what yeah. I'll do. And it's pretty simple. Okay. You just say your name and say read. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, and she'll, it's yeah. like I just said. Every time I do it, I forget. The problem with that though is it's kind of hard to rewind. You know, you can you can go to the previous and next chapter, but if you want to rewind and hear a sentence again or something, you can't really do that. 
But well, yeah, that's the only the, drawback. The first can, book that I read on it, I had well. a pro problem that someone's... it kept losing my place. Does it keep your yeah, place? Yeah, sometimes it does that. Yeah, I've had that happen too. Because I was, I was reading a, a novel that um, some, I'm, a writer's group I was about to get in, the, the guy who leads it had written a novel about uh, the Kent State killings and that's a big part of my life and I really wanted to oh. read what he um I wanted to read his book before I went to the group and it was so good by the way I, I it's uh it's called um oh, love and war at Kent State it's oh really good um wow. and uh but I was so frustrated because the echo oh. kept lo losing my place maybe it's gotten better because that was two or three years ago yeah, it has, gotten, it. it has gotten better. Uh, who is that? And, yeah, who's that voice? Hello. Yeah, yeah, the, I, I think I think I got in on a hen party. <laughs> uh, but who is that? Who are this, you? This this is Ben Watson from Oklahoma. Well, well hi Ben, ben Watson, hi, you ben. little sneak! You just sneaked right in there. I, I did. Yeah. Well, I I I was I was not I was not quite ready to to come in that. Uh, at the top of the hour, so I said, I'll just slip oh. in and... And, uh, and hopefully and, nobody will notice you. Yeah, I know yeah. how that goes. Well, well Ben, well, um, we can introduce all ourselves to us because we're a small group this month, but I'm, I'm our fearless leader, Deborah Kendrick, and I will tell you that I'm cracking up because I wasn't ready at the top of the hour. They <laughs> had, had to come get me. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Anyway, okay, so... Um, back, uh, back to Mary's book. So, um, I'm really glad you went to your computer to share the table of contents because once you were being more specific with the chapter titles and it, you, it came much more alive and I'm really looking forward to reading. Yeah, I was just in a hurry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. Anyway, uh. Oh, and I wanted, I wanted to say this is, I wanted to just make a funny comment. I'm glad that you started out with the A word. That's great. And I'm looking forward to reading that chapter, maybe more than the rest, because we've been friends for a lot of years, and I probably know 90% of the rest that's in it. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but it, I'm still looking forward to reading every word of it. Um, but the, uh, when you mentioned the, the kid, the person asking you if the dog was blind. Actually, my first guide dog I got from Pilot Dogs, and that was a running line there that was hilarious that Stanley Dorn had started because apparently a lot of people in Columbus used to call them those blind dogs. And it, it would dog. just crack no. everybody up. Here comes another one of them blind <laughs> dogs. You know, and everybody would <laughs> think that was pretty funny. Um, oh, I had that happen at a restaurant once, uh, Deborah. Uh, walked into a restaurant in Florida, and the uh, the proprietor, or I should say, the manager, met us at the door, and he said, "Is that a blind dog?" And the friend yeah. with me <laughs> said, "No, he can see." It's the same as the blind association. You know, that's right. the building without windows. Right. Yes. Exactly. There's no windows, you know. Yeah. So, okay. Well, um, 
let's see. Moving right along. Although my, my own favorite, by the way, was years ago, a little kid. I was like booking it down the street and this little kid says, hey, can that dog pull a wagon? <laughs> my favorite because it didn't have anything to do with being blind you know it's just like that's one cool dog i don't want a dog like that um so i um i said i will share uh some about my book but what i was going to do was do that and then later on read my little poem that i wrote but i'm going to read the little poem first for a really lame reason and that is that I want to put, I'm going to read the book from the book, and I want to put the book on top of the laptop, and the poem is only in the laptop, so <laughs> I've got to read. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Understand? whatever, you know, whatever's easiest for you, don't worry about it. Okay. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. It's the way it goes. Okay. Except, Okay, it was here. Under Thank you. This is why I say technology is like a spouse. You can't live with it, you can't live without it. <laughs> That's good. Okay, all right. So I'm done with that, I swear. Okay, so um, my. Uh, my grandson is eight years old and a little genius, of course. Um, and a couple months ago, his mommy called me and said, Eli wrote a poem today and I want him to read it to you because it's so pretty. And he did. And he explained to me that it was an acrostic poem. And I thought, uh -huh. I, must, I must be, you know, like, I... I, I've been given prizes for being a poet and been published in anthologies, but I didn't know what an acrostic poem was until I met some of you guys in another group and people were talking about acrostic poems and posting them to the list. So I don't know. Sometimes I'm not as smart as I ought to be because here's this third grader who knew what an acrostic poem was. And I, I won't make anybody ask like I would have had to a couple years ago. What's that? It's a poem where the uh, vertical edge of the uh, lines spells a word. So anyway, I thought it was so nice. And um, so I wrote him a poem with his name, um, Elijah, E-L-I-J-A-H, um, for his birthday, which was last week. So I lied. I lied. As of last Wednesday, he's nine. He's nine. He's not eight anymore. Anyway, and I've never done one before, and I thought, well, he won't know if it's any good. He'll love it no matter what, and my daughter doesn't know, so I thought I'd share it with you guys. And so uh, here it is, Elijah, and it says, happy birthday at the top because he got it on his birthday. Every day, your life is a gift, inspiring beauty, jangling sensibilities, always blossoming you like hyacinths and hallelujahs. That's it. It's little. <laughs> wow. That, that's great. I think that is true. Like yeah. Yeah. Like it. You like? Does it, does, it, does it make sense? I mean. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Well, thank beautiful. you. Beautiful. 
Thank you, Annie. Does it does it capture his spirit? Of Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, well, he has. Like okay, yeah, and I will explain. read it again. He's he's very. He can be very quiet and thoughtful, and like I said, how many eight-year-olds write a poem that's beautiful? And he did. Yeah, and he's that's done lots of things. But he's now not. That's, that's what's but, amazing. But he's ADHD, and his parents are wanting to oh. kill him like every other day, and I'm wanting to defend him every time I see him because he's bouncing <laughs> off the walls. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's okay. So here, here it is again. Every day, your life is a gift, inspiring beauty jangling sensibilities always blossoming you like hyacinths and hallelujahs oh wow that is something i yeah. love it thank you that's great yeah and he said he he said he really liked it he was oh he was so i called him in the morning and read it to him and then i gave it to him that night at dinner on paper but when i when I said I'd written a poem, this little kid who's like always like bouncing off the walls. Oh my gosh. He just, he's like, really? Thank you. It was, <laughs> it was just really sweet. So, okay. So um, I'm just going to go ahead since I got this floor and um, now I can close my laptop and use it as a table to put my book on. <laughs> and, um, share a little bit from my uh, book. The book is called um, uh, Nav Navigating Healthcare and all they can see is that you can't. And um, they wanted me to write a little um, something about the author. So I'm going to read you that because it's really tiny and it'll tell you why I wrote the book. Before the festivities, I need to thank a Oh, that's not the part. Here we go. About the author. Deborah Kendrick began writing at age seven and has never stopped. Her career has included roles as columnist, poet, technical writer, editor, and feature writer. She has three adult children and five grandchildren. This book is evidence of her belief that while some make lemonade of lemons, writers turn life experience and observations into material. Hmm. You all agree, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's all well, material. <laughs> so, okay, so I'm going to just read from the table of contents. I will tell you before I start the book, <clears throat> it was published by National Braille Press. So it is available in hard copy Braille as one pretty fat volume, but one volume, um, or as a download in um, Word format. Or a whole bunch of accessible formats, BRF, Daisy Text, something else maybe. Anyway, um, and I just, I wondered, you know, because it's a Braille book, I didn't know if it had any print on it. I asked my daughter just today, and she said, oh, yeah, there's always print on the cover. And she said, and they've got a really cute little graphic of a stethoscope with its uh, listening to a heart or something. I don't know what Oh, interesting. Said, now, is this, uh, uh, does it have like one of those binder things? Or is it a hard copy? You know, is it a soft with a little binder it's, things it's, like it's work soft? Have you oh, bought okay. any any of their technology books? Uh yeah, I, like, I bought I, yeah I, I bought a few of them. So, so it's oh, like it's, those. It's so oh, it's, I see what you mean. Yeah, okay. It's yeah, it's, okay, which um, okay. It's soft, 
I okay. say hard copy Braille to di differentiate it from electronic Braille. Right. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't tricky. They used to sell, you know, the, the harder, actually the hard band, the, 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 the uh, what do you call it? They're not paperback. They're, they're bound. They're hard bound books, you know. Yeah, the old no, fashioned, NB, little NBP doesn't, yeah, NBP doesn't do any of those anymore. Okay. That's, well, that's actually yeah. not a bad thing. Okay. Yeah. Neat. So anyway, well, so here's the, here's the table of contents. There's an introduction, and then chapter one is at the doctor's office, and that includes concierge medicine, the office visit, those pesky medical forms, etc. Chapter two is called outpatient tests and procedures, and that includes a handful of tests. What about the dog, surgery, and other outpatient procedures, same-day surgery from a blindness perspective. Chapter three is emergencies, calling 911 in the ER, walk-in clinics, um, urgent care centers, uh, minute and other retail clinics. Chapter four is hospital stays, the room with no view, blindness according to you, a word about gratitude, be an advocate and bring one, blind but intelligent. Um, and then chapter five is for blind parents and grandparents. Stay close, getting the picture first, not just children. Chapter six is um, managing medications. And that includes, you know, Braille and measuring meds and blah, blah, blah. Chapter seven is using technology to narrow the gap. And that includes evaluating your future doctor, WebMD, um, a word about forms and patient portals, seeing what's around you. And then uh, I listed a number of accessible devices that are useful to blind people that are, relate to health. And then chapter eight and final chapter is the art of knowing when, knowing when blindness is an issue. Um, so I thought I'd read a little chunk and I had trouble deciding which chunk I was going to read. Wait a minute. Um, but I think I'll read Blind But Intelligent, which is from chapter four. Okay, but I got to find it. Um, I, you know, sometimes I'm really annoyed by um, how phones magnify sounds like the smallest little sound I was talking to somebody yesterday and she told me she was st stretching a blanket out over herself because she was cold oh my gosh it sounded like she was in the workshop sanding a block of wood and then <laughs> rattling a 25 pound oh uh, bag of dog food it was so loud so I'm thinking oh. that as I'm turning these pages if it's really loud well I'm not hearing anything but that's no. oh good oh great oh, all that for it really okay. isn't so here's here's a little chunky um because the, the thing about this book, if you haven't already got <clears> this, <throat> this is not a book about your health so much. It's a book about tending to your health when blind, knowing that blindness will get in the way and being prepared for situations. I mean, if you lead a pretty healthy life and you don't encounter healthcare very often, it's kind of better to be be prepared. Um, so anyway, here's this little segment called Blind But Intelligent. Some years ago, I read an article in the Braille Monitor, the national publication of the National Federation of the Blind, in which Harold Snyder, a blind man who held multiple advanced degrees, relayed his hospital experience. 
Three times, he said, he was hospitalized and learned that staff had placed a sign above his bed reading, blind but intelligent. (laughs) This is so deplorable on so many levels that it is hard to know how best to unravel it. Is the assumption then that blind people are typically stupid, but this one is intelligent? Is it akin to a zoo admonishment of sleeping but dangerous, or the sign in the shelter, puppy is ugly but lovable, that such a sign was posted is simultaneously laughable and heart-wrenching? I remember thinking when I first read that story, well, this was a rare instance. That would never happen to me until it did. In 2018, I was on vacation, a vacation with friends made over the years in a group in which many participants are blind and many are sighted. The first night in the hotel, I stepped off a staircase I hadn't realized was there, somewhat like stepping off a cliff, and spent the next week in the hospital. I was in a city where I'd never been, in a hospital where no one knew me, and was more than a little grateful that friends were leaving the hotel each day to come see me. On the second day, a sighted friend started laughing when he saw a note posted by my door. The patient is blind, he read aloud, but communicates. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously? I thought I was getting along quite well with all the medical team, I had shattered my leg, but my brain was working at its usual pace. So we had held conversations, had the kinds of getting to know you chit chat referenced earlier in this book. They had seen friends, blind and sighted, coming and going, laughing and talking in my room. And yet this offensive note was someone's notion of appropriate information. My friend asked me if he could remove the note. I said, please do. It never appeared again. <laughs> so that's just one. It's kind of advice from the sort of side-loading advice, you might say. <laughs> so, in other words, you know, you, you need to know what's around you and, um, and, and take care of it if you can. Um, so that's uh, the book. Um, that is a little personal anecdote and in my chapter about children and grandchildren, I share a couple of personal anecdotes. But otherwise, this book is not at all about me. You know, I, it's, it's a book about, about you. <laughs> so really, I mean, it's, um, uh, it's, it's um, you know, as the title says, it's advice on navigating healthcare when all they can see is that you can't. So that's that. Um, The book is available, as I said, from National Braille Press. You can go to nbp.org or uh, call them at 800-548-7323. You can download it if you're getting one of the electronic formats. You can download it or have them send it to you on a thumb drive. And because it's NBP, it won't be available in any other place because I, okay. you know, I, I had to sign a contract. So it belongs yeah, to them, them now, not right. to me. So, um, so that's, that's that. So that's all I have to say. Um, oh, okay. 
Hmm. Well, the the experience that sticks in my mind is um, hearing from several friends that um, when they were in our local hospital, uh, their beds were alarmed so oh. that if they got out of bed, the you know it would ring or whatever or buzz or oh. something. Wow! And you know they wanted to do this because they were afraid. You know, that if we went to the bathroom by ourselves, you know, we we would not, um, you know. Right. Anyway, and that's and I remember having this conversation with with the nurse when I was in the hospital. And I said, do me a favor. If you have alarmed my bed, please do not. If I am going to get up and go to the bathroom, I will let you know. I'm not incompetent and I will let you know that I'm going and that way you'll know and there won't be any alarm. And they, they were very good about it and they, they did not alarm my bed, but um, I was like, geez. Well, and you know, here's what I would say to that is on one hand, good for you. On the other hand, don't plant ideas. I mean, if they, they did that, that, if they did that horrible thing to some people that you know, but they hadn't yet done it to you, don't give them the idea of doing it because the misconceptions about blindness are so rampant. They don't, they don't need to be fed. I just looked for near the end, you know, I said, I only mentioned my own experience in a couple of places and what you were just saying reminded me of another one where I do. And um, I just, I just want to share this because um, okay. It's, Knowing when blindness is an issue, none of us are mind readers. If we follow the old scripts that believe that the doctor is always right and we as patients should simply follow without question, we might miss important signposts and then we might also misinterpret them. A few examples. After a major surgery, I had to stay in a short-term rehab facility for a few weeks. Initially, I was using a wheelchair. Soon, I was in the therapy gym practicing walking with a walker. After a few days, I asked the physical therapist if I could practice with the walker in my room. She said, no. Next day, walking even longer and further during my session, I asked again. And again, she said, no. It didn't make sense. I was doing so well and not tiring in the gym. And it seemed to me that if I practiced more in my room between therapy sessions, I would recover my ability to walk sooner. When I asked yet again, and she admitted that she had consulted with the doctor, a doctor who knew me only from my 10 days or so in that facility, about whether I could practice with the walker in my room, and that the doctor had also vetoed the idea, I suddenly got it. Is this about about the healing of my leg or something to do with blindness? The ugly truth emerged. They declined my offer to practice between sessions based on the assumption that, as a blind person, I would hurt myself without someone to guide me. It was, of course, ridiculous. My room was a tiny 12-foot square space with a bathroom tucked into one corner. Before the surgery, I had traveled miles in most American cities, unaided and without incident. These people did not know me and did not know blindness. I invited the physical therapist to my room with a discussion slash lesson. I walked around the room with the walker 
explaining somewhat pedantically, I admit, how by listening and feeling the space with my hands, my feet, and my motor memory, I knew when I was approaching a wall, a corner, a doorway, and when to turn. She was sold and my permission was granted. Mind you, it it was granted three days later than it would have been had I been sighted. I was smiling all the while trying not to show the irritation I was feeling, but the message was clear and I, and I won the medical round. But we can be wrong about these things too. And, um, uh, well, I don't know. If I, yeah, I'll read. I'll just finish this. It's only two paragraphs. I once, I once had a small skin cancer removed and was told by my surgeon that I should have someone with me for the first overnight. It could have been about blindness, but this time it wasn't. It was important to sleep without lying down that first night and to be vigilant in the event of bleeding. Having someone close on hand was a good idea, whether the patient had eyesight or not. Um, so in, in, another, in another section, you know, I, I, I talk about, um, you know, like ways of experience explaining yourself and your abilities without being, I mean, we all, we get so exasperated and I think the older we get, the harder it gets. So I, you know, I talk about, <laughs> about, you know, ways to try to lighten up and be humorous and kind of when to let it fly. And and then I, you know, give some of my you know, own examples of things, you know, I, you know, I, I talk about ways to prepare for situations because it really does, um, it does help when you're suddenly in a situation where there's an emergency to be able, if you've thought beforehand, like, what if, what am I going to say if, or what am I going to do? Like what Ann said, what am I going to do if they do put an alarm on my bed? <laughs> that's when you, <laughs> when they actually do it, that's when you need to have a serious conversation. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, you know, because I, I just said, you know, I, I promise I'll let you know. But, you know, it was yeah. it was crazy because the first couple of days um, I was in there, I did have a uh, an IV and I did need help to go right. to the bathroom right. because I needed somebody to manage the IV, um, you know. Uh, but yeah. after that, when they took the IV out and I was still there for another day, I said, look, I'm, I'm perfectly willing to let you know if I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm going myself and I'm. You know, you don't need to <laughs> watch me anymore. <laughs> right. Okay. So um, uh, I, I think because you guys had to wake me up, I didn't bring bring my watch. And I'm looking at the time and I'm realizing um, we haven't done Mary's prompt yet. So, Mary, you're on. <laughs> okay. <Wake up>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a um, we're we were to write a story using letters and uh, I was intrigued by that and this I've never done this before um, but I did hear something on selected shorts that I that, that inspired me uh, to write this now I do have two off-color words in it and I can I can either just go ahead and say them which might offend somebody or I mean they're not racist they're you know bad words 
<laughs> they're, just, they're just four letter words. I'm used to those. I think I, we're I all grown. I a bunch from my daddy. I, I think we're all grown. <laughs> I, so, go you've got it. some. You've got some in your book, so Abby. So I'm worried <laughs> about you. <laughs> okay, here it goes. This is called. Oops. Turn on the braille and speak. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would help. Okay. Yes. <laughs> oh, I hope well, you can't hear it. Ready. Oh shoot. Um, let me turn down the volume. It's okay. I, okay. I I wasn't. I couldn't. I could just barely hear it. Okay. I couldn't hear okay. it. Okay. Okay. Here we go. In search of love. From Angela to Marcus. Dear Marcus, I just wanted to say that you were wonderful last night. You awakened feelings in me that I didn't know I still had. I hope it was good for you, too. You said it was. But you didn't say anything about seeing me again. Can we get together tonight? Maybe at my place? Hugs and kisses. Angela. From Marcus to Angela. Angela, you stupid little shit. This can't happen again. We were both drunk. And I'm going to delete these messages. If my wife sees them, she'll kill oh, us geez. both. <laughs> Marcus. Oh, no. Wait. From Angela to Tony. Dear Tony, I had a wonderful time last night. You were so tender and loving. Nobody has ever treated me so well. And you awakened in me feelings I never thought I could have again. I think it was good for you, too. But you didn't say anything about getting together again. Want to come over to my place tonight? Hugs and kisses. Angela, from Tony to Angela, what planet are you from? Last night was a mistake. Don't write to me again and stay out of my life. My girlfriend would kill us if she ever found out. Tony, from Angela to Eddie. Oh. Dear Eddie, <laughs> last night was wonderful. I had the best time ever. You awakened me in so many ways. <laughs> I felt like a princess in your arms. I hope it was good for you because it was super for me. Want to come over to my house tonight? Hugs and kisses, Angela. From Eddie to Angela. Wait, which one were you? (laughs) (laughs) From Angela to Eddie, Tony, Marcus. Fuck you all. I'm going back to my husband. The end. Some places uh, that there are sometimes contests for super short fiction, 
Does yeah. anybody have any leads to any of that? I know I've seen them over time. I, I couldn't tell yeah, you I've who or whatever. Too, but, but I don't have any links or anything offhand, but I've seen them. Every once in a that, while, I run across them. That is really oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. It's kind of surprising coming from me, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that, well, that was definitely different. You know, yeah. but you, you know, maybe you could write more of that sort of thing. You know, I think you. Yeah. it was good. I mean, Thank if you, you. want to. So well, was what was, how was the exact prompt worded? You said to write with letters. When you first said it, I didn't yeah. know if you meant the alphabet or communication. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Letters to and from people. Either, either, either emailed or snail mailed. Yeah. Yeah, this was email. Yeah. Yeah. But was there yeah. more to it than that? Was there any more guidance than that or was that it? No, was it, that's it. And, and, that's and it. the idea was to do something short. Was there a, a word limit? No. That is, I, I think it's no, great. whatever we wanted. That's, a, that's, that's, a, really, that's a neat. That's a neat prompt. It's, it's a short story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a total short yeah. story. It's all there. Yeah, it's it all there. Yeah. It can yeah. me think of um, one of of James Thurber's skits or whatever you want to call it um, from the Thurber Carnival and you know it's this whole series of letters between Thurber and his publisher and the fact that there was a mix up in in the ordering of books that he had ordered and instead of getting 36 copies of his own book which he wanted to distribute to friends or mm -hmm. whatever Mm -hmm. they, they sent him 36 copies of Grandma Was a Nudist. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and the letters go back and forth and back and forth between him and all these various <clears throat> people in, in the publishing agency. And, you know, and finally he gets so frustrated, he writes, I did not order 36 copies of Grandma Was a Nudist. I want these books off my trail and out of my consciousness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's another take on this letter uh, business. I read a book probably 50 years ago. Actually, I think what I read was the condensed copy uh, in Reader's Digest, but it was called Letters to Karen. And it was letters from uh, a father to his daughter concerning uh, Dating courtship and marriage. Oh, and, yeah. And it was it was an excellent book. Um, uh, I thought at the time as a as an older teen. I think I was nineteen, maybe, or something. Like I was nineteen and had a girlfriend and thought I was going to marry her, and I uh, <laughs> I didn't marry her. And uh, I, I think I've lived long enough now to be glad I didn't. And she's probably lived long enough to be glad she didn't marry me too. So, uh -huh. so uh, our lives took took uh, sharply different different turns after we broke up. And um, so, uh, but I I've, I always liked uh, liked the letter format. I've, I'm thinking of another book um, called Letters Along the Way, which is written by a college uh, no a seminary professor to uh, a young pastor on, on a number of different, he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't give in the book his letters to the professor. 
but the professor references um, uh, things from the young pastor's letters in writing them back. And the young mm-hmm. pastor later on um, uh, compiled all these letters into, uh, into a book called Letters Along the Way. Yeah, there was a, a really, I, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Um, maybe three years ago, I read a, a novel that was two women writing letters back and forth. And they, they don't meet, they, they write letters for some oh. tw- 25 years before they meet. And it was just a wonderful was, book. Was that, the, a, was that a Maeve <laughs> Binchy book? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Because because I my my brain was thinking, okay, it's one of those female authors that writes women's books yeah. that I really like. And I was thinking Kristen Hanna, but it wasn't her. Well, Debbie Maycomb Debbie Maycomber also wrote one several years ago. <laughs> it wouldn't uh, have been oh, her. Friend. Oh, it, it wasn't her. Okay. Oh, because I, I don't like her. I don't like her. <laughs> so oh, I know God. it wasn't. <laughs> one by her that's all strictly letters. It's called Between Friends, and it tells the story of two girls uh, from their letters. So, I mean, it, it's, Mary, it's the, uh, uh, this is Annie. This would be great, like a little micro performance, you know, like on uh-huh. a podcast or something. Oh, yeah. You could have uh-huh. the different male characters and have, have the, I think that would be wonderful. I think it would be yeah. so great. Oh, yeah. Have yeah, the, I mean, have a, 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 a guy read the, read the emails. Yeah, that different are from guys, the guys even. Well, but yeah. you wouldn't yeah. have, have to. She could, just... she could do it as a solo performance. Yeah. I, that's what I was thinking initially. Another yeah. um, writer friend of mine has gotten into, um, as a kind of a retirement adventure, has gotten into storytelling with a little theater group. And it's so cool. She, But she's doing these solo performances where she tells a story and and i asked her you know because she shared a couple of them with me and and i've said okay so physically are you doing anything and she says not really you know i might move a bit to one side when i change characters and i change my voice a bit but i'm not doing much else so this i mean this would fit perfectly Mm. as just a solo stand-up you know just for you Uh to do it because even it, as you read it, you know, your voice changed a bit when you were the mm-hmm. re- the guy. Yeah, male, yeah I think, yeah, absolutely. It's very clever. I envision very Tony clever. as the Italian guy. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> heavy, <laughs> you know, and you know, that's when yeah. you were doing all that, I was imagining all of that going on and who they who these men were and, you know, and who Eddie, you know, so it, it really... Yeah, I really, I really didn't say much about them, you know. I know. No, really didn't you don't need describe to. them. No, yeah. no, no, you don't need to. No, actually, you know, I think it would have detracted it's from good the as it is. Story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many radio um, uh, dramas have you heard where all you had to go on was the was the uh, what what was being said as well as the That's voice? Right. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right, so, right. so, Ben, I'm going to digress a bit here and say, because you are new to us, do you want to tell us something about yourself and your writing? Are you, have you written some things? Are you working on something now? Did you, did you well, come actually, seeking advice or inspiration? No, I, I just, <laughs> I just, I just, I just, just uh, when I saw the email the other day, I thought, I think I'd like to drop in. I, I do some writing, but most of my writing anymore is, um, uh, discussion questions, 
for online classes for students. And you do have to write for that. I mean, it's not, you just don't sit down and dash one off, you know. You have to right. think very carefully. Um, all, all of my students are, are non-Americans, um, most of oh. them from South Asia. So I have to plant myself in the middle of their culture and try to express things that they are dealing with. So I have to listen very carefully. Um, and and because, because our classes are all very interactive, uh, I, I really take the role of a facilitator more than a lecturer. Um, I do that once in a while, but the, the, uh, the courses that I teach have their own, um, have their own lesson text, which really is the lecture. And then, um, mm. I apply after that. So, but I have to be thinking, I, uh, I have to be thinking outside of my culture. Of course, there are times when it doesn't matter because, um, experiences that I've had would, would transcend, uh, culture, uh, in a lot of ways. The other thing is that I, 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 I email, well, I don't email much anymore, uh, with students, uh, WhatsApp is their, is their, um, um, communications application of choice. And, um, I mean, it allows them to, to do, uh, uh, live audio and video chat as well as texting for free. And, um, the, the the cellular 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 I'll get that word out. Uh, I I have a stuttering problem, and so some words don't come out very uh, very good. But uh, uh, cellular rates rates are pretty high in in the countries like India, and uh, so folks tend to to gravitate to WhatsApp and and other other kinds of of applications like that. Uh, we have a Moodle platform that we utilize, and uh, and so I'm doing a lot of teaching in that way. And that kind of teaching involves a lot of writing. Uh, I'm I'm a I'm a preacher, um, and so I write my sermons, and I read my sermons because of the stuttering problem. And uh, also, I find that I have I have such a short memory that if I write it out and read it. And I've tried to learn to read so that it doesn't sound red. And that's right. a, that's, that's a, uh, that's a talent in it. Well, it's, it's, it's not, it's not, uh, just a talent. It's something you really can develop. It was a friend of mine whom I found out he was on radio and he read everything from the top to the bottom and it didn't sound red. And I told him that, and he said, it's not supposed to. And I thought, I believe I can do that. And so I've, I've sought to master that. So, uh, that's the kind of writing I do. I've, I've thought about, uh, about publishing, uh, right now I'm so I'm, I'm retired, so I'm broke. <laughs> you, some of you know what, I know something about that. And, uh, so I don't have a lot of money to put into self-publishing and I'm not the right kind of person that, that publishers want to publish, you know? And, um, so anyway, I, I do, I, I have done some blogging and, uh, I haven't done any for a long time. I need to return to it. Uh, but right now I don't know where the time is coming from. Uh, our next trimester yeah. begins next Saturday and I'm teaching three courses. So, uh, 
either teaching or assisting uh, in in three courses. So there's not a whole lot of writing time, but I still I still do a fair bit of writing, in spite of the fact that it's not writing for publication. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, well, if um, if ever you want been, to bring any published. of that. You have okay. Yes. Where have you Where have you been published? Um, I had a magazine article published by uh, uh, Moody Magazine um, back in 1978, mm -hmm. and uh, no, I'm sorry, that was 79 because the the I took their two week right to publish workshop in 78 uh, at Moody Bible Institute, and uh, which was an amazing experience uh, to actually work alongside. Um, publishers, I mean, uh, um, editors from that, uh, um, from that publishing house. And, uh, and I've been well, published in some magazines for the blind and so on. So, you know, it's, it's been, it, it's, and, but, but nothing recently. Well, if you work on something at any point that you want some feedback on, please bring it here. And I say all the time, we need readers as much as writers because we, those of us who are actively writing um, and, 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 you know, publishing need feedback from others. So even if you don't write anything as a reader, we need you. Um, okay. So um, we've, we've gone over our usual amount of time, but I would just want to be sure, is there anybody, that, um, is anybody else working on anything new that you want to talk about? Do you have any new bit? Abby, I saw your notice that, NLS is recording your book. Congratulations. It will be. Not yet. Not yet. They've, it's being recorded by the Perkins Library, and it's in a queue. They've got a bunch of others ahead of me. So it'll be a while, but it will eventually be recorded. And, of course, awesome. once they start, it takes a few months. So I have no idea when it will be available, but it will be available eventually. And I am Great. working on another novel called Grandma Doesn't Know Me, and I was inspired to write this when I read a quote by Irma Bombeck that says, your grandmother pretends not to know you on Halloween. Well, for 15 years, I worked with nursing home residents suffering from Alzheimer's. And they not, are not pretending not to know you on Halloween right. or at any other time of the year. So that, and so that kind of got me to thinking about a grandmother with Alzheimer's who has a secret and once she reveals the secret to her granddaughter, um, how that affects the family. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. Very timely, Abby, especially, yeah. you know, um, I think so many of us have experienced dementia, dementia and Alzheimer's. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a country song. My, my youngest daughter, um, when we were spending a, a lot more time together than we are now, she was always in, introducing me to emotional songs. I swear she only introduced me to songs that would make me cry. Right. <laughs> um, but anyway, and a lot of them were, were country music and there's a song called, she called me Raymond. I can't even think who the singer is. Do you, anybody know that song? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, when we go away from here, ask Miss A or Mr. Google to play She Called yeah. Me Raymond okay. because it will make yeah. you cry and maybe Ooh. it could be, maybe there could be a link from your book to that song, Abby, because it's about a young man in a nursing home who one of his patients. Okay. Oh, wow. All right.
It's just so, I mean, it, you know, country music is so cornball yeah. and, so right, and so right on the money. Yeah. 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 It is. Um, may uh, I recommend another book for you guys to read along this line? Uh, a friend of mine from Omaha named Denning Hartford has written a book uh, called The Christmas Room. And The Christmas Room is about a, a it, it centers in a room in a nursing home that is decorated for Christmas all year long. Oh, wow. The, the lady oh. uh, in the room, well, there are two ladies in the room. Both of them have dementia at, at varying stages. And um, uh, it, it, it talks about the, uh, the problems that the, the, uh, the uh, son of one of the ladies has. Uh, it, 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 there are a number of people that are involved in the book, but I said the main character is not, is not a person. It's the room. Mm-hmm. Oh, for heaven's sake! Nice. Huh. And it is—it nice. is, it, it is okay. an ex. I read it. Uh, I read it. Read it in early December. I bought it last year. It's it's it's, it's available as a Kindle ebook, and uh, it, it's it's an excellent story. Um, and I like I like a lot of the things. This man is say, is say is the is author a, again, Ben. It's Hartford. Denny, Denny, D E N N Y Hartford. Uh-huh. Okay. It's available from Amazon. It's called okay. the Christmas Room. Awesome. I think okay. you'll pay a dollar ninety nine for it. Okay. Oh, all right. Okay. And uh, if you if you have a Braille display, grab it, uh, attach it to your to your device, and read it that way. It, it's uh, that's that's how I read it, and uh, oh, yeah. I read okay. I read almost all my Kindle books that way. Oh, I really? Can, you, with a, with a Kindle app? Yeah, with a Kindle app. And oh, okay. uh, a, a Kindle app on an iPad uh, and oh, okay. a, a Bluetooth Braille display. Oh, yeah. When we when we were talking about Kindle earlier, a poet friend of mine published his first book about a year ago, and he just published another one. But it, anyway, um, and his name is Michael Mall. If you want to look him up, because he's brilliant, M A U L. Anyway, but um, he, he asked me how best I could read it, and so he sent me the, the Kindle version and a hard copy. And the hard copy is nice to have around because it's nice to show friends who like poetry and have them read a page or two. But mm-hmm. um, the the Kindle version, that one, I didn't want to listen. I wanted to, it's poems. I wanted to see them. Right. So I used the, the Windows app also works very nicely with a braille display oh the problem is if you don't do it often like if i do this hartford book or mary's book that way i got to remind myself all the commands but what i can tell you is it's accessible and they're all there like yes mm-hmm. you know if you're if you're using a braille display you can you can move line by line and page by page you can let jaws read to you for a while and continuous read and then stop it to look at a line so the the windows app works wow really well. that's, that's, that's great good. to know Yes, that's good. Yeah, I haven't used the Windows app with a uh, with a Braille display, but I've always suspected it would work. And I'm moving away from Windows ever increasingly, but um, I'm finding the web to become it's just becoming almost impossible. I don't know why. Um, 
I'm only 73. I shouldn't be, uh, <laughs> these things shouldn't be getting ahead of me, but they're starting to get ahead of me. Right. Well, you sound pretty much on top of things to me, Ben. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I, I, I can't, I, I'm trying to see the time on the phone. I know we're way over. Oh, though. yeah, we are. It's, Mm-hmm. I have 726, which means it's 926 in your okay. It is yeah. getting late. It is getting yeah. late. Yeah. So I, I really need to go because I have to sing for the 915 tomorrow. Ooh. Okay. And you get to bed. Right. I don't blame you. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I think I'll take off too. So yep. we'll see y'all next month. Good night, everybody. Well, thank you all for everybody. being here. And You're thank welcome. You, Mary, thank for you, Debbie. And Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.